Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for tuning in and for taking the time uh, to join us here on the podcast as, as we seek to, to understand God's Word better and apply it to our lives uh, to become better listeners, readers, and doers of God's Word. And, and I'm excited for another episode. I'm excited for this week's episode. It probably won't catch you off guard. This is one that inevitably comes up hmm. in every study of systematic theology. Um, but as we continue this, what does the Bible say about series? Uh, this was our next step. We've got a critical doctor to talk about. Um, but before I get to that, I've got Tom Rempel, Faith Bible Church's preaching pastor, back on the podcast again. As I said last week, uh, we're going to be together for a few weeks here before our next guest steps on the podcast. Uh, Tom, thanks for coming back. Nice to be back again, Brad. Appreciate that. That's so thankful to have you here. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed getting a little bit of a breather from your preaching and you, you can uh, focus in here a little bit too. Well, it, yes, it has, although I've been working on the book of Job and the book of Hebrews. So I haven't exactly just <laughs> been, you know, haven't been playing a lot of golf, let's just put it to, that just way. Just to bite off a nice light, a light schedule <laughs> yeah. of tackling those two books. Oh, oh, by the way, you made me teach uh, three books, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, in 60 minutes last <laughs> Sunday in it. Sunday school, so yeah. Oh, that's it. We'll, we'll keep you busy, um, but uh, I, I know it's been fun for me to get the chance to, to stand in the pulpit, and I've appreciated all the other things you've been doing to teach in that time, including this week's podcast. Yeah. Um, but listeners, before we get into that, and I think it's going to be a good episode here today, uh, let me just remind you that on Sunday, uh, I talked taught on the second church in our new series, Dear Church, Seven Letters to Christ's Bride. Uh, we talked about Smyrna and how Christ encouraged them to endure uh, the incredible persecution and tribulation they were currently undergoing and were going to yet to undergo, and how he reminds them, don't fear even to the point of death. Uh, if you missed that podcast or if you missed that sermon, that is, we'd encourage you to go onto our website, faithbiblelincoln.org, and find it, listen to it. You can find it on the resources tab and just hit the sermons button and find all of our old sermons on our website. You can also search for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, wherever you find your podcasts, and just select the podcast with the black background and the white letters. Uh, that is our Sermons Feed podcast. You can catch up on any old sermons. I don't know how many years back that goes, but you can find some old <laughs> ones for sure on there, and we'd encourage you to catch up on any of our current sermons if you miss a week or out of town. Now, Tom, this week uh, on the podcast, we're back to a more familiar subject. Um, last week, we covered angels, demons, and Satan. Uh, that was a little bit tricky, and I'm sure for our <laughs> listeners, we left them unsatisfied yeah, with what we definitely. talked about. Um, but today, we're going to cover what may be a more core doctrine, uh, the doctrine of mankind or humanity, uh, what we know about who we are, who God yeah. created us to be. Uh, so, Tom, we know this is a huge question. There's a lot of directions yeah. we could go with this. Um, but what fundamentally does God say about humanity or mankind? Basically, God declares that he has created man in his image, that man is a special creation, uh, contrary to what uh, contemporary so-called science says, that man simply evolved or progressed from small things to greater uh, without getting into the whole evolutionary theory. Yep, the fact yep. is that God declares that he intentionally and specifically made man to bear his image. Mm. And what and what does that mean, to be made in the image of God? Because that's a, that's a common term that we talk about a lot yeah. in the church. 
Well, so many of the characteristics of God reflected in man is that he has personality, mm. uh, that he has the ability to think and to reason, he has the ability to, uh, <coughs> to work and to plan and to move forward. So to be the image bearer, uh, is, is he stands unique from all else that God created uh, in that uh, man is built for relationship. Mm. Uh, so uh, really the, the text before, I, I can see you're going to answer me that question. <laughs> so that, <laughs> you know, in Genesis 1, uh, then God said, let us, that is plural, make man singular in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, you know, really, uh, to be in his image means to have the ability to rule, mm. or to be in charge, as it were. Uh, and then he says, so God created man, singular, in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. So, again, just... Uh, to be the image bearer of God and to, as it were, to, on behalf of God, rule over all that God mm. created. Mm. Yeah, I love that, that highlight. Even, even the terminology for uh, that image yeah. is, is the same for idol that we get elsewhere, that yeah. representative. And so we represent God in his creation on his yeah. behalf, yeah. which is ultimately what yeah. you know, gets marred and destroyed and messed up when we fall. I think the best way I just heard it described, and I, I forget, I would give credit to the author, but I love the way they articulate it. It's basically man is the pinnacle of creation. Dustin, over the last few weeks, yeah. talked about yeah. creation, glorifying God. Yeah. But man is the pinnacle of creation, uh, exemplifies that in the way we are self-aware yeah. of giving God worship and glory. Yeah. Like that, that cool reality that it allows part of God's creation, mankind, to give back to God yeah. verbally and in a relational way the worship that all of creation is meant to give Him. And I just thought that that, that explained it so well. It yeah. helped me appreciate it in so many ways. Okay, okay, so, so we're, we're in Genesis 1 and 2, okay? Listeners, again, Dustin said <laughs> you can't talk about the creation of the world without talking about Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tom would say amen to that. You amen. can't talk yeah. about the creation yeah. of man uh, without talking about Genesis 1 and 2. Um, so let's, let's talk specifically, Tom. You've read a couple of passages already. Um, what passages here in Genesis really give us an understanding of who we were created to be? Well, it, it, as you read Genesis chapter 1, you, you'll see that repeatedly, and God said, and it was so, and then God summarized it by saying, and it was good, which is kind mm -hmm. of interesting. So you have that, that drum beat, but when he creates man and woman in his image, and, and again, the interesting thing is that the name for God, the word for God in that 26th verse and on is in the in the plural, mm. but for man, it's in the singular, and he made him man and woman. And when he did, for the first time, he says, and it is very good. Yeah. So uh, again, with all other creation, uh, he simply declares what he wanted. He commands it into existence, and it comes. But then he takes a whole chapter in chapter 2 to talk about exactly how he went about creating man from the dust of the ground. He molded him. He breathed mm -hmm. the, in his own breath into that man, and that man became a living soul at that point. Mm -hmm. But man at this point is, as it were, singular, 
and then God gives him responsibilities, and then he goes, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper to him. So then he creates the woman in a different way by taking the woman from the rib of the man, and there's nothing mm. stead there about breathing his breath in. The breath is already there, yeah. the breath life. So man and woman is, is the image of God are unique from all other creation mm. in that very specifically he created them uh, again as one to represent, to rule together, to reign together over all that he had created, but uh, again, as complementary to each other. So uh, again, in, in this creation, uh, we understand that when he talks about God with the plural, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We talked yep. about yep. the Trinity. So he didn't make a Trinity in the marriage, but he made two, so it's plural again, mm. which is part of the reflection. So mm. I'm rambling now, but it's... Uh, this is a great text. No, yeah, you're going right where I'd like to, and I love, I love that you mentioned chapter one and chapter two, and how chapter two get you get this, this, this view of the creation of mankind that's so intimate. You know, yep. it, we we see the shift in the names of God yep. uh, to the Yahweh, the yep. covenant God of Israel in chapter two, and we see Him breathing the breath of life. We see this yep. intimate relational uh, reality. I love that picture and how how involved God is yep. in that process. Um, and then he gives them a command. I want to spend. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the male and female thing. We've got to talk about that yeah. in our current era. Um, we want to go there, but before we get into that, we want to talk about the ruling element because you've said made in the image of God, kind of who we're created yep. to be. But but it's very specific in Genesis one and two what we were created to do yep. in our creation as well. So you talked about ruling. Could you explain that a little bit more? Well, he he said that, that they were to have dominion over that that uh, they they were to be in charge. But but it it also even in the naming of all that God had created, he had Adam put a name on mm. all living creatures and whatever he called it. That was its name. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, you know, by the time you get uh, all the way down to Genesis nine and the ark, they come off the ark. Even if an animal kills a human, he has he has struck uh, the image of God. Yeah. So again, uh, the animal should die for having done that, which puts man in the ruling or the. Uh, the authoritative position. So uh, again, his and I'll, I'm always intrigued when you get to the second. He he not only creates this perfect world, but then he kind of kicks it up a notch and he creates a special garden for the people to live yeah, in. And then yeah. he says to the man, he says, "Now improve on that. Yeah. <laughs> so take that and improve on the perfection that I created." Mm. So there's just that sense of responsibility. Overall, whether it's an animal world or the plant world, man is ultimately responsible mm. under God's authority for the care of mm. it. Yeah, both a, we exercise an authority, have dominion yep. over, and a responsibility yep. to take care yep. for this thing I've given you. Um, so yep. there's a stewardship component, undeniably, yep. that we yep. have for the created order. There's also an authority that we exercise, yep. which probably at some point that'll that'll impact some of the errors that we see in That's this true. area in man's relationship with creation. Okay, let's take on the second one here. Uh, you've talked about it. He made them male and female. He created them. Um, listeners, you are not surprised by this. This is an absolute must. We have to talk about the reality of yeah. what the Bible teaches uh, about the sexes, about the way God created mankind. Uh, Tom, go into that a little bit more, because we know that this is under assault right now in our current culture. Yeah, God, God in his wisdom uh, made man. He made him first. And it was to the man that God gave the spiritual instructions. It, it, it was to the man before the woman was created that out of the ground the Lord made uh, spring up every tree 
the tree of life. And it was to the man that he gave the instruction as to how he was to respond to. So it was, uh, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day that you eat of it. You shall certainly die. Then God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Mm. So, uh, so again, God had a, had a, a, a chain of us, responsibility, authority that he communicated. And then he creates the perfect complement for the man, not a competitor, but a complement in the woman. And again, as you're going through chapter one, over and over, he says of all that he created, and it would produce after its kind, after its kind. And so then he says to the man in Genesis 1, 28, he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. So again, this relationship was for procreation, mm. so to populate the creation. So uh, the fact that there are two sexes, two genders that complement each other and that together they accomplish the purposes of God by reproduction or multiplication. Mm. It's all by design. Yeah. And obviously that's part of the reason when later, especially in the New Testament, but in the Gospels yeah. and Jesus speaking as yeah. well, when he's talking about marriage, when I get our New Testament doctrines yeah. of the way marriage relationships should work, it grounds that in the Genesis yeah. story in Matthew Genesis 19, 1 and 2. As it was in the beginning, God yeah. created one man for one woman, uh, as it were. Uh, even even how church order, which is quite honestly church leadership, yeah. is, is under challenge even today. Yeah. But you get to Paul's letter to Timothy in Ephesus, and in chapter 1, verse 2, he says, For it was man that was created first, and then the woman. He, he uses the created order all the way through the Scripture to reinforce the purposes and the plan of God. Mm. And so it's, it's not a surprise that Satan has attacked that very design uh, mm. in, in our culture today. Mm. Yeah, and then I, I love, yeah, we're going to get into the church reality and how, how that church mm. model is modeled after the family. But obviously, right. God here is creating the institution of the family that becomes a prototype in some ways for what you're talking about yeah. for the church. I also know, I love the fact that you mentioned that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a job to do. He creates jobs. Yeah. He creates work yeah. here work. as a good thing yeah. in the perfect paradise as well. Okay, so biblically, obviously, we have to recognize um, in, in our current challenges in the world as far as gender, as far as identity, as yeah. far as you know, transgenderism, obviously, you spoke to that a couple of weeks in your message. Yeah. Um, all of what we understand sexuality to be, first, as you know, kind of who we are, but then also as the way we ought to operate, yeah. marriage relationships yeah. for the procreation of yeah. children, comes and is based in this Genesis story of who mankind was created to be yeah. and what God commands us to do. Yeah. And therefore, we have a doctrinal statement of faith that says we believe marriage is one man, yeah. one woman. You can understand those terms, yeah. and that's the relationship that God has created for us to operate in. And it's based upon what Scripture teaches us, yeah. um, who we're supposed to be as people. Yeah. Now... Very good. Listeners, we realize that's a hard subject, and that's, this is one that is challenging right now in our current culture. Um, but again, this is Midweek in the Word. We're going we're to come back to what the Bible teaches yeah. on this subject. Um, we know there's any number of different questions or concerns specifically related to this idea. Again, no, you can always send those our direction, Tom R. at FBCLNK mm-hmm. or Brad M. at FBCLNK.org. Uh, we realize there's a lot of nuance to this, but yeah. we want to make sure we're basing what we believe about mankind and sexes in what the Bible teaches us about it. Okay, that leads me naturally to the next question um, as far as disagreements. Now, we want to talk about not what's out of line first, but what, what, is, what are the disagreements within um, this idea of who mankind 
is within orthodoxy and believers? Well, I, I think within orthodoxy, all, all would agree that man is created to be the image bearer of God and that they are to, to be, as it were, rulers under his authority, to, mm-hmm. to uh, have responsibility as well as authority over all that he has created. But, but I would say currently there is uh, at least pressure to accept a different kind of relationship structure, quite honestly, uh, professing Bible-believing churches are suddenly opening their arms to approve of, uh, as it were, same-gender relationships, and uh, and and that, or or it, even even the leadership by design orders of Scripture. I, I find it interesting if if you read the first three chapters of the Bible and you believe that they are inspired, you you have to see that Satan attacked God's structural design in chapter 3 immediately because it was the man that was responsible to teach the family what the expectations of God are. It was when the man was alone that he got the mandate about the trees, what to eat, Mm. what not to eat. The woman comes along, and Satan doesn't come to the man and challenge it. He comes mm-hmm. to the woman and encourages her to become the spiritual leader, the spiritual, uh, uh, as it were, head of the home. And then she makes that fatal air of adding to what God said and then blatantly rebelling against what God said. Mm-hmm. And then God reestablishes his design and order in the, in the curses and the consequences. And so the woman was created to be the perfect complement, the perfect helpmate, so the man and woman could uh, be fruitful and multiply. And so it's in the pain of childbirth that her, her mm. curse came. For the man, he used to be the provider for his family. So he didn't curse the man as it were, but he cursed the ground on behalf of the man mm. and said, it's by the sweat of your brow. What was, what was work before, but it was delightful. Now it's labor and yeah. toil. So again, God... What Satan tried to invert and destroy, God corrects again, even in bringing the consequences to their sin. Mm. So in a lot of ways, you know, what what Genesis 1 and 2 established for us is kind of biblical distinctions. Yeah. You know, we see God separate, and we talked about that a couple of weeks, God is separate from his creation, right? We see that the created world is separate from mankind, a distinction. That's what you're talking about with our authority and ruling. And we also see the distinction between male and female, equal in value, equal in God's sight, different, distinctive in role, distinctive in the things they should be doing. Um, Though we recognize there's a lot of disagreement on that particular subject. Are are there any other areas within Orthodox believers that, that maybe they're like, these are nuances. These are things that uh, are debated yet. Well, we talk about ruling over the earth and, and within within the evangelical movement. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some great emphasis on uh, ecology and that it, it almost becomes a, a driver yeah. for some ministries and all of that. And again, yes, as, as responsible for his creation and ruling over the earth, that the, the, the bigger concern is the eternal destiny of souls. But again, we, uh, we, we can sometimes make too much out of the care of creation, as it were. So it's, it's not big, but it's, again, you, you can just kind of see that, that movement. It, mm. it wasn't such a big thing in my generation, but as my grandkids would say, it's because your generation's destroying the very planet that we have to live on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's just kind of coming back to... Uh, uh, Suddenly, God as Father is is 
matched up with Mother Nature, mm. and, and it's kind of subtly the two become almost uh, co-regents, mm. you know, mm. in, in a way. So I would say that's probably not. As far as a man, probably the, the bigger issue, and we'll talk about that, I think, in another week, but there, there is that sense that because we're created in the image of God, and that, that therefore all mankind is the children of God, and mm. so we always have a right. It's one of the things we'll talk about. Or that because we are the image bearers of God, all man is inherently good. Mm. And so it's not really a, a, a sin issue or a depraved issue. We'll talk about that in a week or so. But there's also a, a sense that perhaps man's problem is simply environmental mm. or circumstantial, so that the solution to man's problems is found in the environment or the circumstances, mm. if we can then change those. So anyway, I'm rambling a little bit. It's just that once we leave chapter 1, 2, and 3 of Genesis and start to redefine what is said there, then mm. we get the distortions. Mm. Very good. Yeah, you mentioned there are a couple of heresies, obviously, to be watching out for. And, and Dean, a few weeks ago back, talked about how we are specifically the children of God, believers, yes. um, in a generic way, everyone created, everyone alive is created by God. So in that kind of generic sense, but the mm -hmm. Bible, when talking about the children of God, really speaks specifically to believers, those that are following him. Um, and then that inherent goodness, which we'll, you mentioned very yeah. well, we'll, we're talking about uh, next week about sin. We're going to talk yeah. about sin. We're going to talk about Genesis 3 and touch on that subject as well. Okay, so, so we've got a couple of uh, room for disagreement within this on some of this stuff. We've got obviously some heresies that we've already talked about that we have to make sure we're not getting out of bounds on understanding from Genesis 1 and 2. Um, all of this obviously has an impact on what we believe, especially about ourselves and what we should do as people, like who we're created to be should impact what we do with our lives. Yeah. Um, so we have to ask the question, how does this impact the way we live? Well, it gives us a very purpose for living. Mm. We, we were created specifically by God for a specific purpose, and that is to serve him, to reflect his glory in all that we do. Rather, you eat, drink, whatever you do, to all the glory of God mm. gives us a reason and a purpose for living. And at the same time, it also elevates us above all other creation. Mm. So I was thinking of the riddle psalm. And he says, what, is, what does a doctor and a donkey have in common, as we say, you know? And that is that the animal world lives and dies. It lives, accomplishes its purpose, and dies. But humankind, because we were created in the image of God as image bearer, we have the option of living with understanding. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, our lives have a meaning, a purpose, and an eternal destiny. Yeah. And the animal world, all other creation, does not understand that. But we have the privilege of knowing that by God's grace, there is prepared for us a paradise yeah. that's beyond this if we come to Christ by faith alone. But we also carry the weight of knowing that the rest of humanity that is yet created in God's image, and because they're image bearers, we treat them with respect and care and kindness, mm. but they also have an eternal destiny, mm. and it is a separation from their very creator should they not come to faith in Christ. Mm. Very good. I, that's, 
Incredible encouragement. I mean, it's it's a few weeks ago. Well, it's been a few months ago now that we talked about identity yeah. and our what you know the gospel uh, as far as how does the gospel impact every year of our lives. And I talked about identity and who God created us to be being so foundational for what we believe about ourselves. We're not just what we bring to society. We're not just the value that we add to a business. We have a fundamental worth that's grounded that's in right. the identity of who we are, and, right. and so does everyone else. I love the way you're putting that because this is the foundational principle for why we believe in the sanctity of human yeah. life. Yeah. You know, if every person is created in the image of God, that means every single person from the moment of conception yep. is created in God's image, no matter how useful, no matter how utilitarian they are. You know, I mean, right. that idea, every single person, young, old, um, no matter what they look like physically, what they look like mentally, how young they are, uh, still in the womb, they're created in the image of God. And that also, for us believers, puts a weight on us to remember they're also an eternal soul. They that's don't right. just have value as a physical being. They have incredible value as an eternal soul that's going to end up in an eternal destination. Um, and the only way there is through the, the saving blood of Christ. That's right. Um, I, that's such a good encouragement for us, Tom, on this subject. Uh, well, listeners, again, there's so much more we could say <laughs> about mankind. And we're going to talk about how mankind fell, how mankind changed uh, with sin entering the world in Genesis 3 next week when we're going to talk about sin. So, so if you've probably got some questions that are yet unanswered about mankind, <laughs> we're going to address those as we go forward. But let me remind you uh, some of what we talked about here, some of the fundamental things that we learned from Genesis 1 and 2 um, about humanity or mankind. Number one, we are made in the image of God. That has our value. That is, that is what we were created to be, what we were created to represent. It means relationships and creativity and so many more things, uh, just an incredible gift we have to be made in God's image. Uh, secondarily, that we're given ruling authority and responsibility over God's creation. We're given literally dominion over uh, the creation. So that comes with responsibility and stewardship and, and remembering that. And then, uh, of course, what we talked about at length is made in the in male and female, mm-hmm. made in these roles, equal value. We're not debating that, but we are made male and female by God, by God's design. Most of this we find in Genesis 1 and 2, though obviously Tom mentioned Matthew 19 and other places in the New Testament that reference back, especially to Genesis 1 and 2. Um, There's maybe some small disagreement within believers on this subject, especially when it comes to that ruling versus stewardship. And probably we should push back on each other as believers a little bit there. You know, some would tend on the authority side and some would say, hey, we're also stewards and some would be way too far and tour. We're also authority and both of those things. Um, But keep an eye out for this idea that we're all children of God. Uh, That's potential heresy to keep an eye out for. Um, The inherent goodness of man. Uh, Again, we'll touch more on that next week. Um, But also the obliteration of the distinctives um, that mankind is not the same as the animals and that men are not the same as women. Those are two distinctions that right now are really up for grabs in our culture and our heresies to keep an eye out for. Um, And then just that encouragement of why we believe what we believe um, in the fact that we should not only care for people's lives in this world, but also care for their eternal sure. destinies. Uh, such a good reminder for our lives, Tom. Any final thoughts on this subject? Well, the other thing that, that hits me in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is that God created man in his image for fellowship. He didn't need mm-hmm. him, yeah. but he chose to create him for fellowship. And it says he walked with him in the cool of the day. That fellowship was broken, and yeah. yet God still cares. He didn't just turn his back and walk away. And so I was thinking about Psalm 139, and he still talks in Psalm 139 that wherever I go, God is there. He's still 
desire in fellowship with us. He's invited us into fellowship with him. And Psalm 139 said he mm. starts that relationship with us while we're still in the womb, as you said, the mm. value of a life in the womb. He molds and shapes us in the dark places yeah. to be exactly what he wants us to be. So our encouragement is, as the image bearers of God, he's inviting us into a personal relationship with him. Amen. What an incredible gift uh, that we have Excellent. Well, listeners, hopefully this has been helpful to you. Hopefully it's given you a little direction on what the Bible says about mankind, about humanity, about people in general. Um, I, I do hope, I, I, like I said, I know you, you can ask us additional questions. We hope it's been helpful, but we know there's additional questions. Feel free to send those our direction as they come up, and we'd maybe be able to dedicate another podcast in the future to some of those questions and resolving them in your mind. Other things to look forward in the future, remember that this coming Sunday, uh, we will be tackling the third church in Revelation, uh, the church at Pergamum. Uh, It's going to be related to this topic here, Mm -hmm. undeniably. We're going to talk about some of those challenges, um, some of what the Nicolaitans were were telling the church in Pergamum to believe. We'd encourage you to join us for that message. prayerfully be considering that passage in advance as we get ready for Sunday. And thanks for taking the time to listen with us this week. Uh, If it's been helpful to you, just remember you can always share it with someone, rate the podcast, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.